0: That's ReBag.com to get 10% off your first
1: purchase with code REBAG10. Betches
2: Media presents... A lot of them aren't even pretending
1: to be in charge. Slow the testing down. Remove him from office. Oh, no justice,
2: no peace. Cast a vote that will make you proud. The
1: Betches SUP Podcast.
2: Will you shut well, we up, man? Listen. Hello and welcome to the Betches SUP Podcast. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Caitlin I'm Caitlin Bird. And the Betches Up Podcast is your daily rundown of all the crazy shit going on in the news, brought to you by your three funniest, well-informed friends.
3: Which is which us. Is us. <laughs> which is us.
2: Which is us. We all look so cute in our sub merch. We're decked out we today. We are all
3: wearing merch today.
2: Yes. I am wearing a top that you will have to go to Betches.co slash shop to know what we're talking about, but you might recognize the logo. Um, guys, do you know who hosted the podcast yesterday? Sean, Mr. Sean Kilby. I had a Morty emergency. So Sean filled in and, um, I think he's coming for my gig.
3: (laughs) Well, I mean, I will say that Sean did do a really good job, but he doesn't,
2: he, you know, he's a different energy. He's a different energy from Amanda energy for sure. For sure. Yes. And thank you. Everybody sent really nice messages about (laughs) Morty. He's fine. Um, I have a very fragile little dachshund and he, In addition to having a host of genetic disorders, (laughs) he has a very, like Jacksons just have bad backs. Like they can get paralyzed at any time. So he hurt his back and it wasn't getting better. So we got nervous and they told us to come back in and they did like some more testing Um, and he's fine. It's not neurological, but this dog is never not eaten ever when offered something to eat. He'll eat Mm -hmm. things that are inedible. So (laughs) we were pretty terrified, but he's fine. He's just hanging out. He'll be stoned for a while. Well, Good. Yes, good. So, i hope they, I hope they got Morty those good good drugs. <laughs> I think that's Morty's funny because he's he's a very anxious dog. So now he he loves when he gets to take sedatives. I mean, you know, <laughs> like I mean, same.
3: <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> he really is, like, his he true personality comes out. Like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, we take him to the, he's not a friendly dog, but uh, when we take him to the airport and drug him, he's like, oh, hello, and he says hi to everybody. <laughs> he's, like, thrilled, um, but he he is fine. But we were so excited to hear people loved having Sean on, so he's definitely going to dip in and out a little bit more. We would love to see it. We love to see it. So let's get into it. Today, we're going to talk about the Trump administration's changes to the citizenship test, And then we're going to go into Obama's comments on defund the police. We have a pretty thorough breakdowns of COVID stimulus talks today in the newsletter and on our Instagram. So didn't want to just list those off when we have such beautiful, funny brains to talk about bigger issues. So let's get into it. The Trump administration is taking steps on its way out the door to show just how wretched things could have been had they stayed. So I read this this morning and I had not heard about this. Mm -hmm. This week, the Trump administration made changes to the test immigrants must take to become United States citizens. They made the citizenship test longer, more specific, and pretty weirdly tinged with conservative ideology. So the test now requires applicants to answer 12 out of 20 questions correctly instead of 6 out of 10. So that's, I mean, they doubled the test. Um, They also removed 18 questions from the previous test, 11 of which were questions with simple one-word answers. A lot of people who take the test are... New English speakers are along different sort of paths of learning English. So that's very challenging. I mean, what a thing to do on the way out the door. I know. And it's also like, there's no
3: way that Trump could pass the old citizenship test or the new one. Like, he he, he passed a basic, basic cognitive test and was like, Right. (laughs) Oh, look at me. So it's like it's just hilarious to me that that they're going to like go after immigrants in this way. I mean, it's it's par for the course with them, but it's just I don't know. It feels particularly ironic to me just knowing that the amount of people who could pass any simple civics test in that administration is like zero.
2: Right. Zero. I'm surprised they could even hire people to remake it to like know enough to make the test. Like, who did they know? Like, does anyone know? Stephen Miller's like, I don't know. Chad Wolf. I don't know. Does anyone know anybody who knows (laughs) what America stands for? Because we certainly don't. (laughs) So let's look at a few of the edited questions. So one of the questions on the test asks, who does a U.S. Senator represent? Previously, the answer was all people of the state. Now the answer is all citizens of that state, which is weird. Uh, Another new question. Weirdly, it just emphasizes the role of states' rights. That's all. Um, But we know states' rights. I mean, what does states' rights usually mean? States' rights to discriminate against
3: people and be assholes and be racist. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
2: (laughs) Um, The Trump administration also added the question, why did the United States enter the Vietnam War? And there's only one acceptable answer, which is to stop the spread of communism. There's no reference to um, how the Vietnam War negatively impacted a generation of Americans. uh, No reference to the fact that a lot of those people, we don't take very good care of them now. Immigrant advocacy groups said that this will negatively impact people who, as we mentioned, aren't yet strong English speakers, but are longtime residents who have earned citizenship. Those things are not the same. Um, with a few exceptions, you do have to take the test in English. Only one in three American-born citizens could pass the easier test. Uh, like we said, Trump's probably not one of them. But ninety-one percent of people who take the test do pass it because there's usually some time to study, and you have, um, you know, you know it's going to be a certain selection of questions. So I know what everybody's thinking, can Biden undo this when he's sworn in? He can, and I'm sure he will. It'll take a few months You're obligated to take, when I say that this test was implemented this week, that means you're obligated to take it if you applied for citizenship on December 1st. Side note, if this applies to you or somebody close to you, I I would double check all of this um, before taking any actions. Usually there's a lag of a few months between when you apply and you take the test, and a weird silver lining to this is that COVID has slowed down the processes so much that you're probably not taking the test as um, promptly after your application as you might ordinarily. So, you know, it's unclear how many people this will impact, but leaders of immigration groups, that doesn't matter. People are really concerned, they're really scared about their future here. Um, concerned about family members who had been preparing for another test. So what do we make of this? Why should this cause alarm, even if Biden can reverse it pretty quickly? Um
0: I mean, the the Trump administration has made clear Stephen Miller, the whole, the whole team has always made clear that their priority is um, basically obstructing the ability for non-white people to enter and thrive inside the United States. they hadn't quite gotten to the part where they undermine the people who are already here and vested with rights. <laughs> They're working sure. on it. Yeah. I fully expect that at some point we will see an executive order around birthright citizenship, which is attacking literally l- the birthright citizenship was designed to make the descendants of enslaved people and enslaved people themselves citizens of the United States. So naturally, that attack will undermine the entire concept of the country. Yeah. Um, Super fun. Um, But like the the immigration ones are, are around making it harder for specifically Spanish speaking, global South members of those communities, because um, Mexico is not just uh, one of the largest sources of, um undocumented immigration but is also the largest source of documented immigration as recently as like 2016 so like it's it's really recent that like we have tons and tons of people coming from latin american countries um and those they're they're trying to keep that from happening i actually have know someone who uh passed the older citizenship uh test who is not a strong english speaker and it was possible because he was able to train and, and take more time um, and has lived here for like eight, like, yeah, you know, yeah. his kids are here. Like this is the country he lives in. This is like now where his life
2: is happening. And so it's, it's a big threat. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. I, I have to admit, I, I don't have a like close personal attachment to this, but from everything I can tell is that by, by the time you're at the stage that, that you're taking the citizenship test, you've been here a long time. You've earned citizenship this is where your life is um and it's just such a strange i don't know it's like a strange flex it's a it's strange why did my other question is why do this on their way out the door if they know biden will reverse it i feel like they are only doing it because there is a political benefit which to me makes the rationalization that okay biden can just change it well They're doing this to signal what they would offer in four years, right? I mean, why should this cause alarm, even if we can just change it back? What is it forecast about what Trump and his abettors are hoping to do in their last, you know, 48 days?
3: Yeah, I think that it I think that you're right to say, like, because obviously, yeah, Biden can change this. But symbolically, what it means is they're putting like a stake in the ground for This is what the Republican Party stands for. You know, they're putting they're putting that out there because Donald Trump is already whether he follows through on it or not, he's already talking about running again in 2024. And I think he's going to dangle that kind of perpetually forever. So whether the Republicans like it or not, he's the leader of the Republican Party. So for him to be doing this on his like as one of his final actions is him putting out basically a mission statement for the party of what they want citizenship to look like and i just think i mean it makes perfect sense right because one of their first actions when they got into office was to do the muslim ban so it makes sense that on their way out they're gonna take some racist actions against the people who they don't think deserve to be here as well and it also is just the farce of it all is so palpable to me because Remember the RNC they had they had like a live citizenship yeah. swearing in at the RNC and like They were like, this is such a beautiful process. And then and the Republican line is always like, you got to do it the right way. You got to wait in line and fill out all your paperwork. And it's like, well, these are the people that did wait in line. Yes. And did fill out all the paperwork and got to the stage where they're taking the test, which like a lot of stuff happens before you have to take the test. Like the process is so long. So they're actually specifically punishing the people who did everything right the way that they say they want it to happen. So it really just lays bare that what, they have a problem with people coming here and becoming citizens. They don't, it's not actually the way they get here or if they broke a law or whatever, they don't want them here at all. And so now they're gonna come in at the very last stage of the process after the people have done all of this stuff that you supposedly support and they're going to just dive in and be like actually we're making the test harder and dumber and like you're not you're not even going to learn
2: valuable stuff about the US which is the point of the test <laughs> right right it's like it's this is like we said this is after a lot of times like a decade a very long time of being here and it's not like people get here across the border and we're like who's james madison <laughs> <laughs> why was why did the u.s go to
3: vietnam wrong right. answers only <laughs>
2: right the questions <laughs> are also just <laughs> <laughs> literally all the wrong answers only <laughs> oh man there are also questions straight in the answers one of them is how many supreme court justices are usually needed to decide a case i read that and i was like well do you mean how many have to be at work that day do you mean, and the answer ended up being five, but as we know, we had eight justices for a while. That question, I would have got that question wrong in addition to a number of other ones, I have to say. I'm going to yeah. put some of these um, on the Instagram stories later and see how see how people do with them. But they're challenging. They're weird. They're super creepy. It's some weird shit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Patriotism uh, is like a bizarre little, like, like if you're, you grew up here and this is like, where you're from and you're just consider yourself american like there's nothing like you generally don't even think about these like these are not questions you regularly answer um maybe like i think to me it's actually more offensive that like two-thirds of the of like people who (laughs) are citizens now like can't answer these are what? Ninety one percent of citizens of like people applying for citizenship have more knowledge right. than the people who are already here. And that's just because <laughs> like we don't care. Like that seems to be a problem. I think we should uh, possibly maybe it's also
2: some- such a present thing that like Americans don't know the citizenship. And I feel like for 10 years we've been hearing two thirds of us don't know it. None of us could have bothered to be like, shit, well, maybe let me look it up and, and make sure I know. It's like the number has remained static since we started testing how many Americans could do it. Another thing about this test is that it was created for the explicit purpose to be objective and neutral so that you didn't have to go before a judge and they would decide. Obviously, nothing can be completely objective and neutral. Um, so a judge couldn't decide for you if they found you sort of worthy of, of permanent residence or citizenship. And the... Trump administration, they didn't consult any immigration immigration advocacy groups about anything down to, you know, just phrasing of questions to make sure that they were fair and um, coaxed people with limited English skills to the answer that they did no. It's weird. It's gross.
1: Hey there, Overwhelmed Foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea; They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes— Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash fever dream that's homechef.com slash fever dream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life homechef.com slash fever dream you must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert
2: so speaking of people being disappointing on immigration former president barack obama is under fire from progressives Boom. after calling
3: that's a, that's a shot on obama <laughs> <laughs> i know
2: i know Got thank him. you <laughs> I know it feels weird to dunk on Obama like twice in one day. But I mean, if anyone knows how to dunk, you know, it's him. That's true. He can take it. He can take it. (laughs) So he's under fire from progressives after yesterday calling defund the police just a snappy slogan that drives people away, quote, the minute you say it. Let's listen to a clip.
0: I guess you can use a snappy slogan like, defund the police, but you know you've lost a big audience the minute you say it, which makes it a lot less likely that you're actually gonna get the changes you want done. But if you instead say, let's reform the police department so that everybody's being treated fairly, you know, divert young people from getting into crime. And if there's a homeless guy, can maybe we send a mental health worker there instead of an armed unit that could end up resulting in a tragedy. Suddenly, a whole bunch of folks who might not otherwise listen to you are listening to you. So the key is deciding, do you want to actually get something done or do you want to feel good among the people you already
1: agree with?
2: The one addition I'll make is that the context was, I believe he was being interviewed by somebody at Snapchat, if it matters. <laughs> Maybe he thought his answer would disappear after yeah, 24 hours. Like, Snapchat,
3: I'll say whatever
2: that <laughs> <laughs> Disappointing. How, what are our reactions?
0: I mean, I read the dude's book. So of course his idea is, hey, what if instead of being pithy and direct and saying exactly what we believe... What if we just like live a like, super long worded answer, like long winded answer that just like gets into the nuance and and focus of all of what we're trying to achieve, sir? <laughs> That's not what it's there for.
3: It's I, a, <laughs> I just don't even. It's like, just so funny to be like, what if instead of defund the police, you said, and then he says a paragraph, <laughs> and I'm like, babe. That's not what well, I, it, it doesn't fit it, on my poster. It simply that, won't fit on, on my poster. And
0: all of a sudden you're like carrying like four different poster boards around in <laughs> your shoulders. Like, Just imagine if you want to like do like carnival level, uh, like like, yeah. like protesting, like having to wear like whole suits and everything.
2: You'd have to, you could <laughs> only go to a protest <laughs> if you had like four friends. <laughs> Right.
3: What if instead of yes, we can, we said, I think it's possible for us to really change things in the future if
2: we all come together and vote for a progressive edition? <laughs> <laughs> I know. How did the man of yes, we can get to this point where he's writing a 700 page first volume of his book and offering us a 200 word alternative to defund the police? <laughs> if you don't mind submitting an essay to everybody
0: on a policy. That will convince them a lot better. Like, so I don't like, okay. So like, it's not disappointing in the sense of like, oh, I expected better from Barack Obama because like the man has telegraphed from the very beginning of his political career that he is about bringing people together. He's about bridging divides. He's about, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's he's doing it on terms that are actually healthy. And we can tell because who succeeded him? Mm-hmm. Okay, like if we were healthfully brought together under Barack Obama, would we have chosen this? No, we would not have. So, you know, and he never one of the things that bothered me about his book um, about the memoir was how little he reckoned with the consequences of his decisions not in the immediate sense of whether or not they worked, because, I mean, they did, but in the sense of political legacy, like he has meaningfully no actual, like the thing that he wanted to achieve, bringing us together and having us understand each other and being, you know, the, the name of his, um, of his big speech, the one that he gave in 2004 that effectively launched his campaign for president, even though, you know, he didn't mean he writes he didn't mean for that to happen. He was more focused on, you know, giving a keynote, whatever. That was named, I believe, a more perfect union. And that notion has sat at the core of his entire entity as a political figure. And it failed. Like no one told him But, like, you kind of see the evidence everywhere. And that's my problem is, like, okay, if you can offer advice, man, but, like, you have, your legacy is gone. You have one big piece of legislation that was simply too large for Republicans to dismantle it, but they are really working on it. Like, they're this close to getting rid of that thing, the one thing you did achieve that stands beyond your, your term, and they replaced you with a white, an open white supremacist. First black president replaced by an open white supremacist. You're just straight up like, hey, the KKK, how bad are they? Are they really? Um, maybe it's wrong to kill people. Like, so, so I don't know, man. Like maybe reckon with yeah. that before you tell people what's politically af- uh, effective.
3: Yeah. And my thing is like the defund the police slogan has been politically effective. Everyone has heard it. It Whether it makes people angry or riles them up or brings them to the cause or whatever, it has absolutely created a conversation, which is the point of a slogan. Like, the slogan isn't the entire plan. The things that Obama said that he, <laughs> in his paragraph about what the slogan should be, those are what we mean in many forms when we say defund the police or, like, give the money so that we can have, like, social workers come, all of this stuff. But defund the police is the catchy spark that brings people into the conversation. And I see his point that maybe it drives some people away, but, number one, I don't think those people wanted to be in the conversation to begin with. No. And, like, number two, you can't, as he should know from his eight years as president, you can't spend all of your time just trying to cater to the people who don't agree with you and trying to make your vision palatable to the people who don't agree with you because in the end, what ends up happening is you don't get anything done.
2: Yeah, I feel like the main critique against um, defund the police is that it's imprecise. It's actually incredibly precise. What what we mean is defund the police just like they meant Defund plea, Planned Parenthood. Defund means to to move around. Like people say, defund education. Stop defunding education all the time. Nobody's going around thinking that means those people are suggesting. Oh, you're taking all of the money away from public schools. People know that's not. It's it's when you just move money away from one thing to another. Also, like Caitlin said, I feel like Obama. He's just missing his proof of concept for his you know perfect union. It's like we've been hearing this for for 12 years now and he still obviously it is very strange to to read back through the book and figure out what place he holds cuz he just took off from such a like we were so familiar from that space and we still identify him with this perfect union overcoming divisions but that never happened it never happened and yeah and it's
3: <laughs> i don't think that's all his fault no. like i do think <laughs> <laughs> electing, it, is. it absolutely is. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that electing a black president broke America's brain in a certain degree. But I do also think that, you know, there are things that I've grown to be very disappointed with Obama for not doing. And there are times and this is one of them where he comes out and makes statements. And I'm like, I don't think you're keeping up with the times, babe.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think that the the Overton window on a lot of these more progressive issues has shifted so much in the so past much. four years that it's like, come on, buddy, like catch up. Like, I know you don't, you know, it's like when you read his book and you hear him say these things, it's like, you're like, come on, man, I know you don't think that. I know you don't think that. Come on. Like, why do you, but maybe he does. Like, I don't know. What do you think, Caitlin? Do you think he still is very attached to inhabiting this particular space in the public imagination, even in this next iteration and he wants to remain not neutral but but inhabit that space that he has or do you think he really does think that we shouldn't be saying defund the police i yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. so so you know one of the 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 title of of the piece i wrote about his memoir was a stubborn optimist and I think a lot about how he like insists that like, we really are better people. And I also think about like, okay, I'm going to be a giant nerd here for a moment. Sometimes I go back and I read uh, Lincoln's second inaugural just for fun, because I'm one of those people.
3: (laughs) That's the most Caitlin
2: statement. (laughs) (laughs) Had to be the second.
0: (laughs) And, uh, and, and there's always this line in there that everyone Oh, it's always the, the last one line of it. So everyone always goes like that loves the, the ending right where he's like with malice towards none and charity for all and firmness and the right as God gives us to see the right, let us strive on to finish the work we are in to bind up the nation's wounds. You know, and to, and everyone's like, oh, he means like we're going to end this war. It's 1865 at this point. This is March 1865, a month before his brain leaves his head, unfortunately. Ugh. And, you know, <laughs> you have the, the country is this close to finishing this war. And this brutal paradigm altering, it changed the lives of virtually every person in the country.
3: Yeah, reverberating and- today.
0: Well, you know, it was,
2: you know, it was, states' States rights were very important.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And that's like the line that everyone brings up all the time. And I actually love the line that precedes it, which I mean, because he's Lincoln, it's like 80 lines long, but I just want to kind of try to sum up a little bit. Um, These two, these two uh, um, like segments right back to back. Fondly do we hope, fervently do we pray, that this mighty scourge of war may speedily pass away. Yet, if God wills that it continue until all the wealth piled by the bondsman, 250 years of unrequited toil shall be sunk, and until every drop of blood drawn with the lash shall be paid by another drawn with the sword, as was said 3,000 years ago, so it must still be said, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. That's the line that defines that second inaugural, not the one about like, let's all get back together. That's not the line. The line is that one. If it comes down to it, that it cost us all of this, that this is the price we pay for slavery, then it is the righteous thing that happened to us. And it bothers me that Barack Obama is somebody who's a huge Lincoln fan, who uh, who believes deeply in this country. I mean, he has to he had to in order to become the first black man elected president of the United States. It's like it's by necessity. He had to believe in the country. But there's this resistance to acknowledging that some things just come with costs and you can't you're not going to make progress if like you're like oh well i mean maybe we maybe we shouldn't fight this war. No, Lincoln was just straight up like maybe this is what it's going to cost. Maybe every year that we paid out in slavery, maybe this is the cost that we are paying right now. Maybe we deserve this. Afterwards he says, "Let's figure out how to how to bind ourselves up from all of this damage we've done." But he never says we don't deserve it. He never says we should avoid it and he never says don't defund the police it's a
3: mean slogan right yeah yeah don't say end slavery just (laughs) say like you know i think it would be better if
2: (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i just i think it like alienates people to say you want to like take away their enslaved People yeah. that they've kidnapped like, from. Maybe <laughs> just
3: say like we need to reform slavery by getting rid of
2: it. <laughs> reform slavery. Reform, stop. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, uh, that's uh, that's a great place to end on. We will link um, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln's second inaugural dra- address in the show notes for some yeah. light for some light reading when you finish Obama's book. Until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Caitlin Bird. This is the Betches
3: SUP Podcast. The Betches SUP Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to SUP at Betches.com.
1: Batches.